Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'm Laura Evans, and you are listening to Hope for the Hurting. Our mission is simple. We want to provide hope and help to those who are hurting, lost, lonely, and in despair. My background is in broadcasting and radio. I'm joined by my dad, Dr. Irv Wolf, who, in addition to being a pastor for over 30 years, has a background in marriage and family therapy. Dr. Irv has authored two books, and he's the director of Hopewell Counseling in Minnesota, where he and my mom counsel individuals and couples. And today's topic, it's the sixth episode in our series, So What's the Difference?, where we're comparing biblical Christianity to several different major world religions. And today we're comparing biblical Christianity to Jehovah's Witness. And so we're going to dive into what do they believe and how does that differ from true solid Christianity? And before we do that, I'm going to open us up in prayer and then we will dig in. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to open your word and look at what uh, biblical Christianity truly is so that we can study the authentic as we compare it to many, many counterfeits that are out there, including Jehovah's Witnesses. So I just pray that you would give my dad um, just the, the right delivery on this message and that it would reach the ears of our li listeners and, and educate them, enlighten them as to how to stand up for what they believe in and be able to stop false teachers when they come knocking at their door. And I just give all this, all these things to you in this podcast to you in Jesus name. Amen. We are now moving from the difference between biblical Christianity, which is what this whole series is about, and the major religions to the difference between biblical Christianity and the cults. Mm. Uh, major religions are called majors simply because of the number of followers. They're big. Mm. Mm -hmm. Cults have fewer followers, hence they're called cults. By the way, cults are not to be confused with the occult. Mm. The occult refers to matters, as Webster's Dictionary says, matters regarding, regarded as involving the action or influence of supernatural or supernormal powers mm. or some secret knowledge mm. of them. Uh, the occult typically refers to the devil the demonic, witchcraft, warlocks, all things connected with the worship of the mm -hmm. devil, mm -hmm. whether it's Ouija boards, whether it's tarot cards, whether it's uh, levitation, mm -hmm. all of those practices are part of the occult. Mm -hmm. But we digress. We're not talking about the occult tonight. But we We're are going about... to get into that. <laughs> yes, we are going point. to discuss biblical Christianity versus Wicca, and that's uh, a couple episodes out from now. So Hang on, yep. hang on, we will get yep. <laughs> Yes, we will. So back to the difference between biblical Christianity and the cults. And the first one we want to study is, like Laura mentioned, Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, they are known for their aggressive door-to-door -door evangelism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're called Jehovah's Witnesses or JWs, or their old name used to be Russellites. Wow. They were, they were called Russellites after their founder, Charles Taze Russell. Why yeah. are they so aggressive in their door-to-door -door evangelism? Oh, we're going to figure that out real quick coming because up. Because they, they don't take no for an answer. They won't go away. No, I know. I know. I've debated them. You have too. Well, anyway, they, they just spend countless hours knocking on doors, being rejected and ridiculed, seldom accepted. They have right around a million followers in the U.S., mm and about 5.9 million followers worldwide. Mm. But we want to know how they got started and what are their differences between them and biblical Christianity. Let's talk about how they got started. Okay. 
And it got started by Charles Taze Russell, uh, born in 1852, died in 1916. And he, as a teenager, rejected mainline teaching of Christianity. Hmm. Uh, he attended a, uh, a mainline church, and he especially hated the doctrine of hell and the Trinity. We did not like the idea of punishment. So he cherry-picked what he liked and what he didn't like and came up with his own religion. Well, he began teaching there was no hell, no eternal punishment. The wicked were simply annihilated. Well, Charles Taze Russell started his own magazine called The Watchtower, and that later morphed into the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, and it has its headquarters even today in Brooklyn, New York. Now, Russell had no formal theological training, although he claimed to be able to read Greek, they were hauled into court in 1912, and he was asked to read Greek by an attorney, and he was found to be a perjurer. He couldn't even read Greek letters, never mind words and sentences. So how did he pull that off for all those years? People just took his word for it. Hmm. They never put him to the test. Well, in court, he got put to the test, and he was found to be a fraud. Mm -hmm. Well, Russell was succeeded as president of the Watchtower Society by uh, Judge Rutherford, and Rutherford was the former legal advisor to Russell, mm -hmm. and it was Rutherford who changed their name from the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society to Jehovah's Witnesses, and it's based on Isaiah 43.10, and I'm going to read that to you right now, Laura, okay. because uh, it's, it's interesting what they've come up with. So hang on just a second, and I've got it right here. Isaiah 43, 10 says, You are my witnesses, declares the Lord. Their version says, Jehovah. My servant whom I've chosen, in order that you may know and believe me, and understand that I am he, and before me there was no God formed, there'll be none after me. So they took that, and they derived their name, Jehovah's Witnesses, from that verse. And it's Rutherford who began them, uh, got them started doing door-to-door -door campaigns. Okay, okay. So prior so, to that, they weren't? Nope. But Rutherford said, that's the way we're going to build this religion, basically. We're going to go door-to-door -door and make converts. So this has been going on since 1912 or thereabouts? Uh, probably a little bit, probably a little bit later than that, maybe 1915. Uh, one of Rutherford's teachings was... Um, a problem. Hmm. His teaching was that only 144,000 Jehovah's Witnesses would go to heaven. But as the membership grew, and as it is right now, it's over a million in the U.S., as the membership grew beyond the number, the problem was, what about all those who were Jehovah's Witnesses and weren't among the 144,000? Mm -hmm. Don't they get to go to heaven too? The, the answer right. is no. Right. And also that 144,000 we talked about in the Revelation series is it's Jewish. It's the remnant. It's the elect, <laughs> right? Just telling you, this is what Jehovah's Witnesses believe. They believe the 144,000 in Revelation is really referring to Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm. And that they, they're the ones that claim that promise. So the answer to what about all of those after the 144,000, what happens to them? 
they live on the earth in the paradise of God, following Armageddon and the millennium. So that's what happens to them. Wait, th those that aren't part of the 144. Yep. Job's witnesses are known for apocalyptic end times focus, believing Christ is returning during their lifetime, and they have set numerous dates for Jesus's return over the years, only to have them proven false, which means then they've got a lot of uh, kind of, I won't say makeup work to do, but they've got a lot of explaining to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so in one, uh, they believe that Jesus was coming back in 19, I believe 1912. And when he didn't, um, at that point, Russell said, well, he came back invisibly. Mm. You just didn't see face, him. Right? Yep, you just didn't see him. Huh. Anyway, um, under their former president, Nathan Knorr, the Jehovah's Witnesses produced their own version of the Bible. It's called the New World Translation. Hmm. So if you ever see a New World Translation, run. it's Jehovah's Witnesses. Run, Forrest, run. That's that's their Bible, and it supports much of their teaching on annihilation, no Trinity, Jesus is not God, and uh, a lot of teaching on eschatology. What again so is that's, eschatology? Uh, end times. Okay. Anything has okay. to do with the end times. Yep. Okay. So it's the study of the end time. So who do they believe Jesus was? They believe that he was a, a super being, but not God. Mm. That's a very good question because they're kind of confused about Jesus because what they would say is he, you know, when he said to the woman at the well, I who speak to you am he, mm -hmm. you know, when she talks about that there's going to be, uh, you know, a Messiah that's going to come back and he will tell us all things. And she, he, and he says to her, I who speak to you am he. That's pretty clear. I mean, he's coming across as being God's son. Right, and he says in other passages, I and the Father are one, and if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yeah, they have a hard time with those because that doesn't fit their, their model of Jesus being just a superman. Right. You know, and a great example, but but not God. Mm -hmm. Okay, what else do they believe about God and, and the Trinity or not believe? Yeah, well, let's talk about that. Uh, Jehovah, Jehovah's Witnesses deny that God is a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They refuse to worship. They call him a three-headed God. Mm -hmm. They don't want to worship the three-headed God of Christians. They further deny Jesus' deity and his bodily resurrection, uh, the Holy Spirit's deity. Hell is a place of eternal torment or punishment. Russell taught that all other religions, including Christianity in general, are doomed to extinction. Only Jehovah's Witnesses have the truth. Hmm. In a lot of ways, they're they're pretty arrogant mm -hmm. because every everybody else is wrong. You know, billions of people on the planet who believe in their religion—they're all wrong. Uh, we we have the truth. Okay, but doesn't every religion do. believe that? I think pretty much every religion does take that stand that they think they're right. Right. Uh, but they specifically name all the other religions of the world and Christianity in general, which, by the way, is the root for what they even hold to in the New World Translation. Uh, they they would say they're the the lone recipients of truth from God. Right. Well, the, the Bible teaches that God is a Trinity. Uh, we've seen this in numerous Bible passages. 
And one of them that stands out to me that's very clear is Jesus' baptism mm -hmm. in Matthew 3, 16 and 17. Mm -hmm. And where, where, you know, the Holy Spirit descends on him in the form of a dove. Jesus is being baptized in the water. He comes up out of the water. Holy Spirit descends on him. Yes. And the Father calls out from heaven and says, this is my beloved son mm -hmm. in whom I'm well pleased. So, you know, you've got the Trinity there. You've got the Trinity in Paul's farewell address mm -hmm. in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, where he says, basically, farewell to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Interesting. So all of those uh, point to the fact that God is a Trinity. Mm -hmm. Biblical Christians believe God is three co-equal, co-eternal persons who exist as one divine being. Right. Is it easily understood? No. Is it explainable? No. But is it is it to be accepted? Yes. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of things we accept that we don't understand. I mean, people exactly. don't understand how eels reproduce, but they do. Yeah. You just have to take it as a fact because they continue to exist. Gravity. Yeah. There's a lot of things we don't understand. We just have to go, okay, it, there's just some things I'm not going to be able to understand this side of eternity. Well, and if you think about it, if all we went by were our five senses, you know, seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, smelling, and that's the only reality that there is, mm -hmm. what would we do with things like radio or television waves? Right. You can't see them, hear them, taste them, touch them, smell them, but we know they're there. Right. And they're in every room in your house. Right. And all you need is a receiver or a television set, yeah. and you could pull it in. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't fit nicely into the model that everything we believe is reality is what we can see, touch, taste, smell, hear. Right. It just, God, it just doesn't fit. Right. And God is omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. That blows our minds. And how can the created explain the creator? You, you can't. Yeah, and so yeah. when I come across truths about God that make no sense to me or that baffle my mind or that keep me awake at my night, I just go, well, God, I have a finite mind. I don't understand it, but I believe your word. I believe it's truth. And I just have to say, I'll, I'll ask you about it when I get to heaven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there's a point. Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but the things revealed, we shall obey. So there's things that we just don't know this side of eternity. Right. And we, we, you're right. We have finite minds and God is infinite. So why, why would we think we can think like him? It's kind of like when your toddler stands in front of you with their hands on their hips and tells, you no, because they've got a better plan and you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. You wouldn't know anything about You're that, right. Would you? you won't ruin your appetite if you eat that entire bag of M&Ms. You're probably right. <laughs> uh, Jehovah's Witnesses uh, don't believe in the Trinity, but we do. Uh, we believe that Jesus Christ is divine, co-equal with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, we believe, biblical Christians believe, that he rose bodily from the grave, not just as a spirit, mm -hmm. which Jehovah's Witnesses teach. In fact, he was touched by his disciples and he ate with them to prove he wasn't simply a spirit. Right, absolutely. You know, when he ate fish, it didn't drop from his mouth down to his toes. Right. He actually ate it and he was able to consume it. Well, a little bit about the differences between Jehovah's Witnesses 
and uh, biblical Christianity over salvation and the soul. Jehovah's Witnesses, like many other religions, believe that we must work for our salvation. That's why they have to go door to door, Low. Mm. They have to do door to door evangelism. It's part of working their way to heaven. Mm. They can't not do it. Mm -hmm. They're required to do it. Even Michael Jackson, who was a Jehovah's Witnesses, had to go on a mission trip, had to be going door to door. The Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe that man has an eternal soul and at death his spirit or his life force, they call it, goes out and he no longer exists. Mm. So you're just gone. You're vanished. You're out of here. The Bible teaches salvation is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. Jesus paid it all on the cross of Calvary. Nothing more need be done to be saved. Simply accept Christ's full atonement by faith. It's a gift of God's grace. There is nothing we can do to earn it. And once we're saved and we're his, we can never be lost. We can never, ever become more saved or less saved. Mm -hmm. We have eternal life, and that's a static quantity. You only get so much eternal life, and that's eternal. Right. Well, finally... When biblical Christians die, their soul goes immediately into the presence of the Lord in heaven. Mm, interesting. The souls of unbelievers go to hell to await the great white throne. Yikes. So, uh, so okay, so coming. there is no purgatory. They go straight down to hell. <laughs> You're talking Catholics here. Right. No. But I guess I never really had it spelled out like that. I mean, I knew that once they went to the great white throne judgment, they're, they were doomed for hell, but that's where they're waiting, too. They're waiting in hell. When they go through the great white throne judgment, if they come out guilty, they're sentenced to the lake of fire forever. Mm. That's Gehenna. And that's different than Hades. Mm. Hades is hell. Gehenna is the lake of fire. Mm. And that's like the difference between jail and the penitentiary. Ah, I mean, jail is like a holding cell, and it's where they keep you until your court date. And then once your court date is done, you're given a sentence. And on and the sentence, you don't go to back to jail. You go to the penitentiary. But if they're in hell, they all are automatically going to the lake of fire. There's no getting out of yeah. it. Yeah, well, that's that's a, that's a given. But God gives them a fair trial. God is not unfair, but he's basically wanting to give them every benefit of the doubt. But the answer is they, they won't get out. You're right. They're, they're going to wind up in the lake of fire. Right. Because you can't, apart from Christ's righteousness, you can't stand before a holy God having sin correct. in your life and not be sentenced to the lake of fire. That, that, that is correct. Jehovah's Witnesses meet in buildings called Kingdom Halls. Yep, I've heard so of So when you see a Kingdom Hall, you automatically should know, well, that's where the Jehovah's Witnesses meet. They meet in that hall five times a week. All Jehovah's, all Jehovah's Witnesses are expected to attend all the meetings. Wow. So you're there five times a week. This is a religion built on works and fear. Hmm. Uh, loss of salvation, fear of annihilation in the lake of fire are major incentives to moral living. Hmm. I thought they didn't believe fame, in hell or lake of fire. They believe in annihilation. 
Yeah, that's a good point. So maybe you're annihilated in the lake of fire, but it doesn't continue eternally. It just is a one-time right one done. Right. Yep. 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 Yeah. I think you are right. You die once and then it's done. Not eternal, yeah. eternal death. Yeah. Well, eternal punishment, which mm -hmm. is what the Bible teaches. Well, some famous Jehovah's Witnesses include Michael Jackson and his family, the Jackson Five, a gal named Jill Scott. I don't know who she is. Wayne's family. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're pretty famous. Terrence Howard, he's a guy that was on Empire. Uh, Sherry Shepard, uh, Serena Williams, the tennis player, mm -hmm. and a guy named Mark John Jeffries. I don't know who he is. It just suffice it to say they grew up Jehovah's Witnesses, all these people. Yeah, so, right. So that was just part of their upbringing five times a week. And we can't get some Christians to go to church on Easter and Christmas. Yeah, well, they go five times a week, though. And they're not kidding around. I mean, they're very rigid, right. very rigid indeed. Yep, yep. And you feel for them because that's bondage. And they've got a spiel. So when they come to your door, they know exactly what they're going to say. And so how should we respond if they come to our door? Well, I think one of the things to ask them is, do you believe that Jesus is Lord, that he's the son of God, that he's the second person of the Trinity? If the answer is no, say we're done talking here. Yeah, we're all done talking because you're not you're not a Christian. And that's a false religion and I can't allow you into my house. Yeah, and it says that in 3 John that we're not not to allow them to come in. Mm -hmm. And we're not to and we're not to to entertain them in a Bible study and all of that. Right. I know Christians want to do that because they want to see them saved. I want to see them saved too. But they're under delusion. Right. They're 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 believing in a lie. Right. Very right. difficult to convince them. Yeah. And so as we make the transition here to how can you know Jesus as your savior and not be in a religion where you're forced to knock on doors and provide works in order to earn your way into heaven, you can do that by inviting Jesus to be your savior. And then he stands before you he basically it's it's like when a child hides behind their parent when the big bully comes well when satan comes saying she sinned she did this she did that if you have christ in your life if you've invited him to be your savior he answers the door and he says she's covered i've covered her with my blood you need to leave you can invite christ into your life so that he will step in for you and then when God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin and your filthiness. He sees Jesus' perfectness, Jesus' righteousness. And you can do that through the ABCs of salvation. It's simple. I made this decision when I was five years old. And actually, I think adults make it too complicated. Children understand it so simply, so beautifully. And it's, it is so simple. A is it admit you are a sinner in need of a savior. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And B is believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then C, call upon his name. Cry out to him and ask him to come into your life. Romans 10, 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Dad, would you walk us through that prayer? Yeah, I would love to. Uh, dear listener, no matter what you've, what you've uh, believed, it doesn't matter uh, if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. 
no matter what your church has taught you, no matter what your parents have taught you, if they have not taught you that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but through him. Mm. It's time that you came to him. And just like Jesus, or just like Laura prayed, you can receive Jesus right now, right where you sit. Mm -hmm. You can receive Jesus Christ into your life. Pray this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe in Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm lost. I deserve, like so many others who are lost, to be cast away from your presence forever. Mm -hmm. But I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus came for me. I believe he died for me. I believe that he rose for me. And I'm asking you right now, Jesus, save me. Come into my heart. Make me born again. Give me eternal life. I don't want to die. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to the lake of fire. I don't want to be in the great white throne judgment. I want to be with you. Come into my heart. Make me yours. Mm -hmm. And I pray that in your name. Amen. Amen. And it doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus paid for it all. Every single thing. Some people say, well, if you knew what I did, God would never, would never love me, would never accept me. That's not true. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Jesus died for all of us and for every sin you've ever done. And he knew it. He knew it before you did it. So if you've given your life to him, we'd love to celebrate with you. Please share your story with us. You can email us at hopewellcouncil at gmail.com. And we're just so glad that you chose to spend some time with us today. You can find Hope for the Hurting podcast on Spotify, Apple podcast, and Google podcast. And then you can find a whole library of all the podcasts we've ever recorded at hopewellcouncil.com. And if you have questions, comments, suggestions for future episodes, please send those to hopewellcouncil at gmail.com. And next week, we're looking at the major differences between Christianity and Mormonism. So I feel like Mormonism is on the rise again. So that will be a very interesting podcast. And I will close us with 2 John 1, 9 through 11, which says, whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house nor greet him, for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds.